believe, I say we, I, I believe the Bible emphatically teaches that um, once we're saved, we are saved eternally. Amen? Uh, saved once and for all, forever that is. Uh, I don't believe I can be unborn from God no more than I can be unborn from my mother. Amen? And uh, so I praise the Lord for that and uh, excited about that as well. And uh, so, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Miss Nita. All right, take your Bibles. Turn to the book of John, chapter 14. John, chapter 14. Appreciate the songs about heaven this morning. and going to be preach about heaven. And uh, we're going to be preaching on ten things not found in heaven. I, I kind of had a point here a while back about things that weren't in heaven. Another one of my messages. And God just really kind of, that just kind of stuck with me. And so I want to investigate that a little bit more and just preach a whole message on that about some things that are not found in heaven, ten of them to be exact, and certainly we could probably mention more, but ten that God just led me to bring about. And uh, when you find all that, I'm going to ask you, if you will, to stand. If you're physically able, certainly if you're not physically able, I certainly understand that. But if you are, uh, in reverence to the Word of God, if you'll stand. John chapter 14, just going to read the first four verses there of what Christ tells us this morning. I don't know what you're going through. Uh, but I believe that God would say to you this morning, and He is through the Word of God, verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. Amen. Amen. You know, there is nothing in this world that we go through that will ever override the promises of God. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. I'm not saying what you're going through isn't hard, uh, but we got a great God, amen, and knows all about us. So let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God. Do you believe in God this morning? I'm not saying just any God. You know, sometimes we say, I believe in God, but I'm talking about the God. Believe in God. Believe also in me, Jesus says. In my Father's house, now we're talking about heaven or many mansions. If we're not so, I would have told you, I go prepare a place for you. Notice that, a place. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. That sounds like a place to me, don't it to you? I don't think this is figurative. I don't believe this is a pie in the sky. I believe this is a place, amen, that we're talking about. Right now we're in a place, amen, we're in this room, and I believe there's a place called heaven. And whether I go, Jesus said, you know, in the way you know. Father, we ask your blessing upon the preaching teaching, reading of the Word of God as we look at some different scriptures today. And Father, uh, as we uh, think about heaven, and uh, Father, I hope and pray, as has been mentioned already a couple times by others, Lord, that if you're not saved, Lord, today would be a wonderful day for those that are not saved, not sure what that may even mean, that today uh, they would see their need to be saved. And Father, ask forgiveness for their sin. And and Father, be forever saved, as we've talked about already. I pray for that believer that might just be struggling. I know sometimes I forget, Lord, uh, that there's a heaven waiting uh, for me uh, because of the grace of God. And uh, Father, sometimes uh, I, I need to be reminded of that. So Father, just help us speak to our hearts. And Father, I know sometimes children have to be tended to. I know sometimes things can't be helped. But Lord, if we could uh, restrain from going in and out unless absolutely necessary to the service is completely over, Father. I just pray you'll help us with that so that folks can focus, not be distracted on, from the Word of God. Father, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. All right, you can go ahead and be seated. So we're, we're starting out here in John chapter 14. Not going to be preaching on this verse per se, but certainly what is indicated there. We're actually going to spend most of our time today in the book of Revelation. 
Uh, we preached out of the book of Revelation here not too long ago about a shot fire from heaven, a very uh, sobering message. Uh, but not every scripture in Revelations is sobering. There's a lot of wonderful things, uh, especially concerning heaven, and we're going to be looking at that. And I might ask you the question this morning, what do you think about heaven? You know, what, what comes in your mind? What, what is it that uh, you think about? And some think, as I said a while ago, that heaven is kind of imaginary, fairy tale type stuff. Uh, there are some that actually believe that, that this earth is heaven. And Praise the Lord, this earth isn't heaven, amen. And, uh, do you believe in heaven? Do you believe it's an actual place, as Christ indicates here? I believe that it is. I, I believe it's a real place, and, and I believe that real people go there, amen. And uh, we would ask the question, well, I wonder what heaven might be like. And, and uh, you know, we have some glimpses and, uh, you know, from the Word of God. And, and uh, you know, there are history books, secular books that, that you can take and, and will line up with Scripture in many areas, you know, historically speaking. And, but uh, the only source of information that we have about heaven and the description of heaven is the Bible. That's the only source we have. And I know there's been books written on heaven, and there's some others that have come out that claim to have went to heaven and come back. I Just be honest, I don't pay much attention to that. But uh, the only source of information that we can find really concerning heaven and know that it's true is the Bible. It's the only book you'll find. And even though we have that, the Bible does say in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, but as it is written... I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. So even though we do have some things in the Bible concerning heaven, we still don't know all there is about heaven. But if you're saved today, one day you will. And what a, what a time that's going to be. But throughout the Bible, there are certainly glimpses of heaven found in Scripture. There have even been men of God who saw into heaven, Isaiah, Ezekiel, uh, Paul, Stephen. Certainly John, the disciple John, and uh, who were able to peer right in through the portals of glory and see some things uh, uh, with their mortal eye. But the truth is that none of us are going to know the full extent of what, what heaven's going to be like until we uh, uh, take our first breath there. And, and uh, in that wonderful place known in the Bible as heaven... Uh, and that's not going to happen, though, unless you're born again, unless you're saved this morning. And only those who have been washed in the blood of the Lamb go to heaven, amen? Only the redeemed. <laughs> you say, well, I'm good. No, you're not. The Bible says all of sin comes short of the glory of God, amen? So you need to be saved uh, by the blood of God, uh, by the blood of Christ, that is, and, and certainly uh, calling upon His grace. And so our text tells us that, that the Christian has a home, amen? And, and I don't remember where I heard it. I don't know if it was an old preacher or something, but I just remember hearing it. It just stuck in my mind. And he said, aren't you glad that a poor man has a place to go, amen? <laughs> hey, listen, you might not even have a home this side of eternity. You might not have nice stuff. But I'm going to tell you something. If you're saved, in my Father's house are many mansions, amen? And uh, hey, listen, even a poor man, if you're saved, has got a place to go. And I do thank the Lord for that, that after this life, we have an abode, a dwelling place waiting on us, a place to go, and uh, a wonderful place. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I need that. I, I need to be reminded of the comfort of knowing that. Uh, now, I, I'm fortunate to have fond memories of my childhood home, and, and uh, 
you know, uh, I had a wonderful mother. She didn't get saved late in life, but as a lost mom, she certainly did the best that she could. And, and uh, I'm fortunate to have, you know, I, I don't have any bad memories of my home, amen. We didn't have much, but, but uh, uh, with that said, though, home on this side of eternity can certainly mean a lot of different things to different people. What I'm saying is not everybody grew up in that situation. Not everybody uh, had the opportunity to, to have that kind of home. Sadly, there, there are people even today that have no home at all. They, they have no dwelling place, and, and they wonder what it might be like, how it might feel to just have a home. And, and then there are those that had a house, I guess you could say, a, a building with some family members in it, uh, a home that's filled with hurt, abuse, has no love and care, um, not necessarily a place of security and peace, but of strife and anxiety. And, you know, certainly those are sad things to think about. But I want you to understand there'll be none of that in our heavenly home. Amen. And maybe you're one of those that's grown up in those types of places. And, and I sure am sorry about that. But I want you to know that if you're saved... You're going to spend eternity in heaven. Amen. And I thank the Lord for that. Maybe you've been blessed to have a good home. Maybe you still have a good home. Amen. In other words, that abode where maybe you have loving and caring parents, uh, uh, you know, the, providing for their children, bringing them up in the admonition of the Lord. Amen. That's wonderful. But if home for you has not been that good in your life, I just want you to know, Jesus says, Let not your heart be troubled, for God has prepared a home for you. Amen. Hey, listen, people might let us down. Spouses might let us down. Dad might let us down. Mom might let us down. Daughter might let us down. Son might let us down. Everyone may let us down, but God will never let you down. And He's got a home prepared for you. Amen. And it's beyond anything you could ever imagine. It will, it will sweep away all the hurt that you have here in this world in a matter of a nanosecond when we step off into that wonderful place called heaven. Amen. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Heaven certainly is sounding sweeter all the time. And there's a lot of things present in homes today. And uh, I mean that in a negative way. There are things in the home today that rob people of, of happiness and peace. But really, what it boils down to one thing, a home without or, or with Christ. Listen, when, when, when Christ is absent from the home, you'll have unwanted visitors. And what I mean by that, it very well could mean people, but you'll have unwanted things in your life, and they'll always be around if Christ is not in the home. Amen. And I'm not simply talking about having a Bible laying on your coffee table. I'm not even simply talking about you truly are saved and you believe in God. I preach a message. I don't know if I ever preached it here or not, but the title of the message is, Is Your Home as Sacred as Your Church? Your home ought to be just as clean. It ought to have the same kind of atmosphere as this sanctuary does. Amen. There are things we would never bring in through those doors, I would hope. If I wouldn't bring it in here, I don't want to bring it in my home either. That'll preach, won't it? That'll preach. There are things I would never say or talk about in the house of God, and rightly so. I'll not talk about them in my home either, amen? Praise the Lord. Boy, I tell you, if we get a hold of that, it would really change a lot. So there's a lot of things present in homes today 
that unfortunately are not good. But today I want to focus on heaven. And again, some things, ten things to be exact, not found in heaven. And, and the Bible gives us a lot of information about what is in heaven. Uh, again, the, the magnificent throne, certainly the one that sits upon that throne, that is Jesus Christ. And we read of the beauty of heaven and about the precious materials that are found there and the, the sea of glass like crystal. I can't wait to see that and, and that the, the magnificent gates of pearl. But, but there are many things found in heaven that make it heaven, but I want to look at 10 things found in the book of revelations that will not be found in heaven you see a lot of what makes heaven heaven is the things that are not there amen and that's what we want to focus in on so i'm going to ask you to take your bible and turn to the book of revelations chapter 7 revelations chapter 7 we're going to be in a few different places in the book of revelation uh, but i'll try to pick quick you said man 10 points oh man but uh, but i'll go quick amen i'll, I'll go quick and, uh, you know, amens make me preach quicker. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. And uh, amen, there we go. All right, don't get too carried away. Amen. amen. I don't think I've had that problem at Central Calvary Baptist of getting too many amens, though. But, but there's first time for everything, right? And uh, amen. <laughs> so Revelation chapter 7. Revelation chapter 7. Notice what verse 16 says. Notice what verse 16 says. Uh, they shall hunger no more. Neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. I want to talk to you about, about how in heaven there'll be no hunger or thirst. You know, uh, this is, stay in context here, this is speaking of, of Gentiles specifically that are saved during the tribulation period. And, you know, we never, although not the church, you know, that's going to be raptured up, but a people who certainly make heaven their home someday, and certainly application can be made to heaven in general, that there'll be no hunger or no thirst. Uh, and this hits a little personally home for me. I'll share with you why here in just a moment. But today, there are millions and millions of people, uh, even today, children, that go to bed hungry. And I don't know about you, that breaks my heart. I, I thank the Lord, I, I mentioned a while ago, I grew up with plenty to eat. And, and uh, it may not have been fancy, but it sure was good, amen? And... and uh, you know, that, that good stuff, you know, bacon grease, lard, you know, stuff like that that's real good for you, uh, those types of things. It's been a blessing that I could always get a drink of water when I wanted to, amen. Now, a lot of people don't have that, even today. And the reason I mention that is because my mother, I mentioned her a while ago, as a child, she was not so fortunate. Uh, she shared some pretty sad things with me over the years. Um, her daddy was a terrible alcoholic, very abusive um, in many, many different ways. And, and uh, she shared that her and her siblings would often go hungry, uh, uh, you know, in, in living in chicken houses and stuff like that, and, and would be hungry. And there was several of them. And, and to this day, it's affected her, you know, when it comes to food and, and feeding folks. I mean, she, nobody ever walks away from Grandma Peggy's house hungry if they do they chose to there's there's plenty of eat usually you walk out with a full stomach and and a grocery bag full of leftovers this that's just she you know the worst thing in the world for her is not have enough food to feed everybody that's there she always makes sure so she always cooks like she's she's cooking for an army 
Uh, and, uh, you know, to, to think about those stories certainly breaks my heart, but the Bible teaches us that, that there'll be food and drink in heaven. Amen? I, I thank the Lord for that. I don't know how big a role all that plays, but, but I, I, I think most of all in heaven it'll be for enjoyment and fellowship. And, and again, it's wonderful that even here we get to share a meal with loved ones and even friends, as, you know, whether it's family or church folk or what have you. Uh, and again, I don't know how big a role that's going to play in heaven, but this I do know, that no one will ever feel the pangs of starvation in heaven, amen? No one will ever, you know, uh, have to, you know, have dry lips for want of a drink of water in heaven, amen? Isn't that wonderful? Number two, let's go to Revelations chapter 21. Revelations chapter 21. Notice the, look at verse 22 there. 21, 22. Revelations 21, 22. The Bible says, And I saw no temple therein. So there'll be no temple in heaven, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. Now for the Jew, the temple was a big deal, very important. Uh, basically, it was a visible symbol of God being in their midst. Now today, we may think of a church building. Now, we don't want to make the mistake of comparing a church building with a temple. Uh, but we know that today, or I hope that we know, maybe you don't, but we know today God doesn't dwell in buildings, but He dwells in the heart of every believer. Amen? We are in Him, and He is in us. And the body of a saved person, if you're saved this morning, your body is the temple of God, and that's why you need to treat it as such. Amen? So in heaven, though, there will be no uh, you know, special building, if you will, set apart for God, for heaven is the very presence of God Himself. Uh, really, uh, all of heaven is the temple. And what a wonderful thought that would be. So there'll be no hunger, there'll be no thirst, there'll be no temple. Look there at uh, Revelations 21, verse 1. So go back to 21, verse 1. We also see there's no sea there other than the sea of glass, but we'll, under, we'll explain this here in just a moment. I saw a new heaven, a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Now certainly modern transportation has come far, particularly since Bible days and the last couple hundred years, I suppose. Uh, but for most of man's existence, the sea had represented a boundary, an obstacle. Uh, and you find that throughout Scripture. Uh, in Scripture, the sea often represent, represents the storms and even the, the loneliness of life, the separation uh, from loved ones and, and family. And, and particularly, um, the book of Revelation, it's not the revelation of John, but the revelation of Christ. Uh, but these were given to John to pin down, and one could almost see John on the island of Patmos. In other words, it's a small island in the middle, not the middle, but in the Mediterranean Sea. And you can almost, where he, by the way, had been banished for preaching the gospel. And uh, so it really kind of hits home. Uh, they didn't need any guards there because uh, the sea was his guard. The sea, if you will, was John's keeper. The sea was keeping him quite possibly from those that he loved. And that's what the sea represented often in Scripture. But there'll be none of that in heaven, amen. In other words, there'll be no separation, there'll be no loneliness, there'll be no storms in life, there'll be no obstacles, amen. And uh, there will be water, uh, uh, the, the, a beautiful river, 
flowing from the very throne of God, amen, the, the river of life. And, but the evils of the sea, represented by the sea, will be no more. Again, only the life-giving river. And amen to that. I, I'm excited about that. There'll be no sea. In other words, there'll be no separation. There'll be no, there'll be no hindrances. There'll be no obstacles in life, amen. Praise the Lord for that. Number four, uh, look there with me at uh, Revelations 21, verse 4. And we'll, we'll talk about this. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, uh, and there shall be no more death. And we'll pause there for just a moment. No death. We know ultimately death, hell, and the grave have been conquered by Christ. Uh, the total realization of that is still yet to come. Uh, when Christ returns, and those of us that will be in the grave will be resurrected. But we know this as a spiritual truth concerning the soul of man, that, you know, that the body of man is, is saved, uh, certainly will not stay in the grave in death. Amen? Uh, we, we might die on this side of eternity if the Lord tarries. And we'll, our, our body will be put in the grave, that is our, our, our tabernacle, if you will. Our soul is immediately into heaven, amen, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, Paul would teach us, yet we know there is death of the body on this side of eternity. And even though we have the comfort of knowing, hey, I, I know my soul will go to heaven and one day I'll be reunited with that glorified body and we understand that and, and even though our, our loved ones are saved and we know that they go on to heaven when they die, as human beings we still suffer the hurt of losing that loved one. It's still a very difficult thing to go through. Um, I know well-meaning Christians sometimes will say, oh, don't weep, they're in heaven. Um, I, you know, I understand what they're trying to say. But hey, it's a sad thing to lose one to the grave. I mean, some of the saddest moments in life are, you know, spent by the, the bed of, of a loved one who is, who is dying. Uh, it's it's heart-wrenching to, to pull out onto the highway behind a hearse. Uh, to, to go through the belongings of that one who has passed on. Those are very difficult times. But there'll be none of that in heaven. <laughs> Woo! There'll be none of that in heaven, amen? You'll, you'll never have to worry about that. The sting of death will never be felt in heaven. Uh, the loss of a loved one will never be felt in heaven. And even the loss of those loved ones that we may have here on our hearts and our minds today, listen, there's going to come a time in your existence, if you're saved today, it will be a forgotten memory. Amen, amen, and amen. There's no death in heaven. Also, we see there in uh, Revelation 21, verse 4, there's no sorrow or crying. And what that's talking about specifically is no bereavement. You know, there are a lot of things in this life that cause sorrow in our life, that cause crying. And again, I, you may not see it this way, but whether it's your sin or the sins of others, if you peel back enough layers when it comes to our bereavement, it all has to do with sin somewhere or another. And most of us have people that we love whose lives have been ravished by sin. Maybe it's a, a brother, a sister, a son, a daughter, a, 
a husband, a wife, maybe it's a, a child of yours, whatever, whatever the case may be. It might even be parents for some of us. And, but we have people whose lives that we love who have been ravished by sin. And sure, we could, we could point out that sin. And I suppose sometimes there's a, a need for that. Yet our heart grieves for the sorrow that's in their life. You know, yeah, they, you know, well, they've made their bed. I understand that. But at the end of the day, we love them, and they're hurting. Amen? And they're not only hurting, but, but others are hurting because of that. And probably all of us are, are, are that, that way. We have somebody that we know whose lives have been ravished by sin. But again, there'll be none of that in heaven. There'll be no sorrow. There'll be no crying over a loved one who has gotten away from God. In heaven, you'll never feel the sorrow of losing a loved one to the grave. You'll never see the enemy devour that loved one and destroy their life. Amen. No more will we cry over an alcoholic or drug-addicted son or daughter. Amen. No more will a widow weep over the grave of her husband. Praise God. There'll be no sorrow or crying in heaven. Woo, amen. Praise the Lord. I'm looking forward to that. I know here we've got to kind of put up with some things. But there'll be none of that in heaven. Number six. I told you I was preaching quick. There'll be no pain. Look at there verse four. Neither shall there be any more pain. You know, when I think about this, just to kind of, bring it down to where the rubber meets the road you know just not here in our own church but certainly people that I know and wonderful friends of mine family many names and faces come to my mind as I ponder this there are many even in our church right now at this very moment who have physical pain you know it's always hard to see somebody get hurt see them inflicted with pain or have to go through some type of surgery, uh, some type of sickness, an accident. It, it's difficult to live, you know, with the pain of arthritis and back problems and hip problems and, and knee problems, to have constant soreness in our bodies or, or just seems like a perpetual sickness that we're, that we're dealing with in some way. And and certainly those that I love, whether it be family or church family, it breaks my heart to, to even see some of our, our church members here today who with each step feel pain. But once again, there'll be none of that in heaven, amen? <laughs> there'll be no cane or wheelchairs in heaven. Aren't you glad about that, amen? There's no pain in heaven. And also there in verse 4, we see no tears. I know some of these are connected, but they actually have a little different meanings as well. We see there, beginning of verse 4, God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Charles Spurgeon said, I don't know what handkerchief the Lord will use, but I know he will wipe away all tears from the face of every citizen of heaven. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Praise, isn't that wonderful? I said, I'm preaching up here. Y'all listening? I mean, I'm up here talking about heaven, all right? Some of you don't act like you're going there. We ought to be shouting, Amen. Amen. One of you agrees. You know, tears of joy are a beautiful sight. I, you know, certainly we've experienced those types of things, hopefully in our life. But tears of sadness, they're, they're not something that is enjoyable, you know, to, to have, but even to witness. 
Tears often represent what we've been talking about, sorrow, crying, bereavement that we've been talking about. But there will come a time in the existence of a child of God where they will never wet their pillow during a long night of grief. Never have to go through that in heaven, amen? Isn't that wonderful? Uh, never again will, we, will somebody have to bury their face in their hands and cry tears of sorrow. We might go through that here, but not in heaven. You won't find that in heaven. Never again will a little boy or a little girl weep from sadness. Praise God, there'll be no tears in heaven. Amen. That's exciting. As we move along here, there'll be no night. Look at verse 5. It says um, uh, there in verse 22, actually, so we need to go over to chapter 22, verse 5. So Revelation 22, verse 5. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Now this one kind of uh, is a little harder for me to grasp anyway. It may not be for everybody, but uh, I'll explain. Because I don't know about you, but you know we were talking this morning that uh, after Brother John and Vernon broke all those globes back there, we didn't get them on there. And, uh, oh yeah, I might have broke one. I forgot about that, but... But uh, I, I thought about it about 6, 7 o'clock last night, and I really wanted up for church. But I'll just be honest with you, I, just, I, I was lazy. I just, I, just, I just don't want to. You know, uh, I, I was turning into a pumpkin real quick. Uh, in other words, I, you know, I don't know about you, but I kind of welcome the evening. What I mean is our old bodies get tired, don't they? I mean, I'm, I'm looking for the recliner. I'm looking for a cold glass of iced tea. I'm looking for gun smoke, all right? That's, that's me. I'm, I'm headed that way. And uh, uh, I, I like the evenings. Um, we welcome the evening. The coming of night, you know, uh, brings the end of a long, hard day. Matter of fact, probably my favorite time of the day really is just before dark. It's just me. I'm no spiritual reason for it. I, but I, I particularly like to go outside, watch the sun go down. For me, it... It relaxes me. It calms me. I love sunsets. So I say, Lord, you know, right now, God, you know, the night's a good thing. I, I need that. Uh, but, but then God reveals to us that we're really forgetting something, that the night is for rest for our bodies because we're weak and we're fragile. But in heaven, <laughs> woo! in heaven, we'll have our glorified body. Amen. What I'm saying is, is in heaven, you don't need to rest. Isn't that wonderful? That's hard for us to imagine right now. I mean, I, you know, uh, some of y'all like to take naps. I know that's a highlight of your day. Nothing wrong with that. But in heaven, you'll not need to take a nap. Amen? You won't want to take a nap. Amen? That's, why we don't, that's one of the reasons we don't need no night. Because we need no rest. We need no quiet time. We don't have to have a safe space. I'm so sick of that. We need no quiet time to settle ourselves. We don't have to go somewhere, oh, I've got to go calm my spirit. I, I need to do that myself. Listen, we don't have to settle our nerves. We don't have to calm our spirit because we're already there. We're already doing it. Amen. Woo! Imagine. Just imagine just for a moment 
existence. And I'm not talking about just physical tiredness and fatigue, but just mental and spiritual fatigue and tiredness. Just think about it for a minute. If you're saved today, there will come a time when you will have no fatigue or mental tiredness. Amen? Woo, no worry. No, oh boy, i got to remember to do this. Oh, i got to run over here. To, well, I wonder so-and-so is mad at me. Hey, listen, you'll never have to worry about that in heaven. You won't find that in heaven, amen? Woo, that's good stuff. I was thinking about this this morning. I don't think we'll ever yawn or sigh in heaven. Hey, man! All about you, but sometimes you ever go, oh. You won't find that in heaven. <laughs> Woo! Hey, man, that's good stuff. Let me move on. It's getting late. You don't mind if I keep preaching just a little bit longer, right? We're on number nine, so we're doing good. Look there at Revelation chapter 21, verse 23. 21, 23. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon. Wow. Isn't that amazing? To shine in it. Here's why. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. Whew. This speaks of light in heaven. No doubt, God uses the sun and the moon as vehicles for light, but a careful reading of the book of Genesis will teach us that there was light before there ever was a sun or a moon. Amen. And so it will be in heaven, because God is the source of light, and the Lamb is the light thereof, as we just read. Amen. You know, I was going to say the other day, my wife gets on to me that for all the time, because the other day could mean 10 years ago, and it probably was 10 years ago, this particular instance but I remember looking at some images from outer space and I was amazed because they were supposedly like a hundred miles above the earth but you could see the lights of the big cities you know all around the world but those lights are only visible because of the darkness that surrounds them you see um, in heaven the glory of God is so bright there is no darkness because God dispels darkness. That's why without the blood of Christ, we'll be consumed by Him if we're not saved. The light of God expels all darkness. Amen. So there'll be no sun or moon in heaven. Then finally, number 10, there'll be no shut gates. Look there at verse 25. Uh, Revelation 21, 25. It says, And the gates of it shall not be shut all, at all by day, for there shall no be no night there. So there's no shut gates in heaven. Some of us, uh, I remember it, um, but some of us may remember a time when doors were always left unlocked, uh, whether it be your automobile or your house. Uh, you know, but, but not today, amen? I mean, I, uh, I get up in the middle, and I know I've locked that door, but I can't. sometimes I've got to get up and just go check it one more time. Um. You know, that, I'm not saying that's good or bad, I, you know, we're to fret not, but, but we just know that we can't do those types of things today. We know that there is evil out there, and there's worry, and, and, a, and a good man will protect his family and, and be mindful of those types of things. But in heaven, there is no evil. I say in heaven, there is no evil. I say that, that in heaven there's nothing to protect ourselves from. Isn't that wonderful? 
I mean, can you imagine, you know, right now, you know, I grew up in a day and age where, you know, uh, mom would send us out of the house, you know, uh, we're, you know, not even teenagers, seven, eight, ten years old, and we ran the hills, and, and we might stop in and grab a bologna sandwich, and then we were right back out. But today, you know, I, you know, even my children, I need to know where they were at every second of the day. That they would be in, in the yard, and we lived in a pretty nice place, and it was even fenced in. But I guarantee you, Mama didn't, and I didn't either if I was there. We wouldn't go more than five minutes without looking out the window, making sure they were okay. There'll be none of that in heaven. We don't have nothing to worry about. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Praise the Lord. I tell you what, God is so good to us. I, I tell you, in heaven there is no evil. There's nothing to be protected from. There will come a time in our existence, if you're safe tonight or this morning, of perfect peace and safety. It will not happen in this world, by the way. Um, I just want you to understand that, that there, there will be no world peace until Christ is sitting on his throne. Things will continue to wax worse and worse. You need to be saved. That is, till we get to heaven, and there will be absolutely no fear of anything. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. What a, what a praise. What a, what a wonderful thing. So let's go back to John. Let's go back to the book of John. I'm, I'm trying to hurry. I'm, I'm being a little longer winded than normal, but I just I can't help it. John chapter 14. John chapter 14. We're almost done. Now with all this in mind, I want to read the verse again. I want to read the verse again. Notice what Jesus says. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whether I go, ye know, and the way, ye know. And of course, Jesus Christ is the truth, the life, and the way. Amen. Hey, listen, if you're not saved this morning, you need to come and see me when the invitation is given. I'm going to ask you, if you will, to do two things. I'm going to ask you to stand, if you will, if you're physically able. I want you to go ahead and stand as we get ready for our invitation. And I want you to take your hymn book. And I want you to turn to hymn number 63. And I'm going to ask Brother Brad to find the music for it, but not play it. We're going to sing these two verses. And then after we sing these two verses without any music... He'll begin to play that for us, for the invitation. But I want to sing this in light of what we have heard here today from the Word of God about heaven, those ten things that are not found in heaven. If you've got your hymn book and you're on page 63, say amen. Now I want you to think about some things, okay? So just, just if you sing real loud, you'll drown me out, and it'll be a lot better. But what a day that will be, amen? Verse 1, sing with me. There is coming a day when no heartache shall come, no more clouds in the sky, no more tears to dim the eye. All is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day, glorious day that will be. 
What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. Amen. And I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. Now think about our message we just preached. There'll be no sorrow there, no more burdens to bear, no more sickness, no pain, yeah, no more parting over there. And forever I will be with the one who died for me. What a day, glorious day that will be. Amen. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. And I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. Let's bow our heads, Father, as we come to you this morning. Father, I hope and pray that you've touched each and every heart here that's today, that's here today. Lord, whether we're saved, we may have known every one of these truths. We may even have these scriptures in our hearts and in our minds and even on our tongues, Lord. But for those of us that are saved, let us come to you this morning as we get ready for this invitation just to simply thank you for the gift of heaven, to come and thank you for all those things that are not going to be there. Father, to come and thank you for saving us by going to an old rugged cross and paying a price which I could not pay in order for me to make heaven my home. And Father, if there's anyone here today that's not saved, Lord, maybe, maybe they're relying on some type of works-based uh, uh, teaching, Lord, to, to get them to heaven and, Father, to be accepted by the Lord other than understanding that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, and that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If there's anyone here this morning, Lord, that doesn't know that, doesn't understand that, Father, may they come, get my attention, and we'll have somebody to take the word of God and show them from the Bible how they can be saved by God's grace through faith. And we'll thank you for it and love you for it. As the music begins to play, in Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. The invitation's open. You come and do business with the Lord today. Again, just come in the spirit of praise. Come and kneel at this old-fashioned altar. Maybe you got a loved one you'd like to see saved. Maybe you got, you know, we mentioned a lot of things today about struggling loved ones. And maybe your heart is breaking over, over a lost loved one whose life has been uh, ruined by sin. Maybe you've got a loved one who's saved, but you know they're living in a lot of pain this morning and they're hurting. Why don't you just come and pray about that this morning and just think about one of these days there'll be none of that in heaven. Amen. Oh, there's a lot of things we could do this morning with this message. Oh, what are you going to do with it? I hope you're not